0: Joining me now is Brian Towers. You know him, of course, as the former head coach of the University of Saskatchewan football team. I was very fortunate this year, coach, to get a chance to call the UTEG Bowl in which Scott Flory and them boys went into Montreal and took care of business in the uh, in the final minutes. It was a heck of a lot of fun to be able to watch, but thank you so much for being here with me, and uh, and I can't wait to be able to see you out at the East-West Bowl coming up in Hamilton.
1: Yeah, my pleasure to be here, Marsh, and I'm uh, certainly... Uh, Honored and uh, very grateful for the organizers to uh, to approach Gary and I to, uh, to go down and act as honorary coaches.
0: When and where did you find out? Like, when did you get wind that this might have been something that yourself and Gary Jeffries, as you say, who can't join us today, but uh, obviously has played a large role in youth sports football the same way that you have over the last two, three, four decades? When and, when and where did you find out that this was going to happen? And what was your response?
1: Well, I guess it was probably pretty close to a month ago now that uh, that's uh, Steph but Potasic uh, gave me a call and said that this would be a possibility. And then he confirmed it uh, shortly after um, it's kind of a unique situation. I think uh, with the CFL uh, season getting uh, moved up and the training camp starting uh, right after, basically right after the East West bowl, uh, uh, it's a week earlier than often. And uh, a lot of the CIS teams are still in their spring camp uh, coming out of exams. So uh, it was an opportunity to, to bring in a couple, couple old guys to, uh, <laughs> to, uh, man, the sidelines and, uh, and we're certainly appreciative of it. As I said,
0: what were your experiences, uh, with East West like as a head coach in, in then CIS now you sports.
1: Well, I was involved in the first one and, yeah. I, and I remember, uh, you know, sitting down probably with Greg Marshall and, uh, and others and, uh, and I think Larry Haler back then at that time. And, uh, you know, we arrived down East and we're putting together offenses right there on the spot okay. and, uh. <laughs> You know, it certainly grew, but it, it has become. Uh, uh, you know, I was involved in probably I don't know how many they had right from uh, right from the first one until two sixteen, and uh, and then I believe I did go down to the, to, uh, the last time I was in Quebec as well. So uh, it's grown into a, a great showcase. It's a wonderful event for uh, all the U Sport uh, third, mostly third year uh, athletes that are going into their draft year next year. It's uh, it's a great opportunity for them to showcase their. Uh, their ability and get their their name and their, their physical ability out in front of the, CI, uh, the CFL scouts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it gives – the thing that I love so much about it, Brian, is that you get an opportunity to see these guys in a high-competition environment with the best of the best. And, yes, the offenses and the defenses are pretty basic, and it's about taking care of each other through the week and all the rest. But it's the same guys that when I'm covering the CFL draft the following year, they're in the CFL combine with one another. And then it's yeah. the, it's the same guys that I, I have a chuckle and I'm sure you have moments like this too now and in your coaching days where you're watching a CFL game on a Saturday evening and it's Calgary against BC and you see two guys running down on specials that get the ISO cam treatment from TSN and you go man they've been battling with each other since Canada West playing against each other since the East West Bowl since the CFL since and it finally it, it evolves and evolves but this is one of those first real opportunities to say if you're an elite player show me and show me against the best.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, you kind of said it all like, uh, you know, we have been able to track those guys and, uh, the majority of the U sport draft, uh, the kids that are drafted come, uh, uh out of the East West Bowl, or have had an opportunity to play in the East West bowl. So, uh, like you say, it's best on best. Uh, I know the student athletes look forward to it. Uh, they look forward to matching their skills up and testing themselves one-on-one versus, uh, Versus another student athlete from the East that they may not have seen. They read about these guys. You know, everybody checks the all-stars and the all-Canadians. And, uh, and uh, you know, film is much more accessible now than it was back then. But it, it is great to put them on the field and, uh, and uh, you know, take some measurables, but also give them a good eyeball test uh, uh, matched up uh, side by side.
0: It's funny that you mentioned the film accessibility because I wanted to ask you when you're constructing an East West Bowl roster back in the early beginnings of this thing what is that like? I mean, is it essentially you're trusting the hearsay of coaches from certain conferences and saying, well, I, I have great respect for this guy, or you're going through statistics and you're trying to line up. I mean, it's not the same as being able to nitpick the way that some of these CFL people do now and you sports coaches suggesting players that they know because they've seen how they compare against other players inside the conference.
1: Yeah. Originally we used to start at the Kafka meetings at the Vanier Cup. Uh, each school would come prepared with uh, their top three or four uh, Players that they wanted to nominate for the game, and then we would sit down there as a as a group of coaches and and hash it out based on the criteria. Okay, you know this this person is is a conference all star, or he has he, he may have been an all Canadian, or, or you know he finished second in the balloting, whatever. And uh, and we tried to put together the best teams that we could, you know, back in November, and then obviously some things changed in the spring with injuries and other things. But that gave us a start, and then. Uh, you know, when the CFL became more involved and more uh, uh, put a little bit more into the game, uh, you know we respect uh, certainly respect their opinion as to who should be there as well. But you know, the, the coaches do a good job. They they've always done a great job of getting the their best athletes that they feel have the best opportunity to go on and play in the league. Who was the
0: player, whether it be a Saskatchewan Husky or otherwise, that Coach Brian Towers stood on the table in those Vanier Cup meetings and said, this guy is going to – who's the one that you believed in that you said he's got to get an opportunity to get a look?
1: Well, you know, I don't know. Uh, you, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to, to get uh, most of the guys that I recommended there. You know, some it, it came down to a matter whether you were going to get three or four from your school because you wanted every school to be represented. Uh, represented but uh you know it's it's sometimes come into play you may have uh two great offensive linemen but there's you know there's already six or seven from across another 15 schools in new sport and cis football back then so you didn't get your second guy who may have been just about as good as the first and uh you know so that that came into play a little bit more uh back then um uh same thing with receivers you know you were probably there's so many good receivers out there you were probably probably only get one gonna get one uh even if you had a couple great ones
0: yeah and it's funny thinking about offensive linemen and the limited availability because you really only bring what seven eight maximum right and
1: yeah so seven and uh usually if, we, if someone happens to get injured we bring them in from a school close by which you know sure. being in hamilton this year we've got lots of uh Lots of people that can get there within half an hour.
0: It's true, but I mean, Canada West, again, going to my CFL draft coverage, I'm not breaking news here, Brian, but Canada West offensive line play is far superior. I mean, there's the size of the bodies, the athleticism all the time, the consistency of the first round draft picks. I mean, I was even doing a mock draft the other day for the CFL draft this year, and I, I said, you know what, Rodine Brown looks pretty good from University of Alberta. Maybe he can go to the Argos. And then I started looking at the Argos draft history, and I'm like, Theron Churchill, Regina Rams, I'm going back through and I'm like Peter Nicastro, Calgary Dinos. And it's like those conversations that you have specifically about that position group must've been pretty interesting because everybody out there has the talent that probably is worthy of getting these looks, depending on you know how many guys line up in that third year or otherwise.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's no secret that those are also the guys the CFL scouts want to see because they're, uh, they're always highly sought after and although people are making it, uh, players are making it in every position group now, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the offensive line certainly garners the greatest uh, greatest attention. And, uh, you know, there's going to be 14 pretty good ones there and uh, we don't have a problem now uh, filling that, uh, that spot out.
0: What's the uh, position group that you're most likely to duck your head into as the honorary head coach and say, you, you know, what actually just give me this 15 minute period. I'd like to work with these guys.
1: Well, I, you know, I'm going to sit back and, and watch. I, I've always been an offensive guy. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, John sent the playbooks out last night. I'll take a look at it. Uh, I may have a little bit of input as to the wrinkles we want to put into it. Uh, but, uh, you know, Gary and I have had our time. And uh, this is uh, game has also become a spot where a lot of the young assistant coaches, uh, some of them paid, some of them not, get an off uh an opportunity to to get up in front of their colleagues and uh and some other head coaches across the country and it's also become a a a great spot for these uh young coaches to maybe advance their careers as well so i'm looking forward to look uh to working with these guys uh i have met a couple of them i i know they do a great job and uh and as i said i'm looking forward to uh Going down there, blowing a whistle to start practice and to and call for the punt team on Saturday.
0: Uh, I love that. I also, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit for people that we had kind of an introductory coaches Zoom meeting, and I sat in on that earlier this week. And one of my favorite moments in that uh, was. You just saying like, hey, you know, because we're talking about the rules and and who's going to be doing what and what situations are in short yardage and things that you can do that can create competition, but not put players at risk, essentially, because there's no sense in coming out of an all star game with a bunch of guys injured. So um, and, and you said, well, yeah, but we got a let of play like at, at some at some point, it's a game of football. And I love that because it's not necessarily the Pro Bowl mentality, but mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of showcase games. All over North America that's not football it's really mm-hmm. just not And this this needs to be football doesn't it
1: yeah for sure and uh, and you have to put in enough offense that uh, that it doesn't become just uh, as Gary said we, we we know we got great kickers but we don't want to feature the punter either <laughs> you know so you know you, you're gonna have two or three different personnel packages you don't have the rosters that you would you would have and uh, nor the time to insert that but uh, I already looked and we've got two personnel packages, we'll have some short yardage. And, uh, and then it becomes, you know, how many, you know, how far do you, do you take it? But, uh, but we, won't, we don't want to restrict it to the point where, you know, you've got one coverage and, and one blitz. And, uh, you know, I, I get the idea of the safety, but uh, you know, the people that are there watching and the CFL people, whether they're there in person or when they get the film, are going to want to see these kids play football and see how they react in a game situation. And that's what we're going to try to provide.
0: Absolutely. Love that. I, the interesting tension of this game as well in the past, at least when I was a part of it nine years ago, was that if you're sitting in the stands, you don't, you're don't, you not super aware of all the restrictions and all the rules. So there's some unique moments on the sidelines where coaches are looking down at each other and, and checking personnel packages that are coming in and otherwise. But um, you're kind of oblivious to the idea that there's things that you're not supposed to do. In this, in this game, and there have been times where I have been at East-West Bowls where coaches are yelling down the sideline at each other because there's match, there's zone blitzes, there's otherwise, but it feels like this year's group has a pretty good level of respect for each other that that's not going to be a thing.
1: Yeah, well, I think so. <laughs> but uh, You know, there's pride amongst the coaches as well, right. uh, for sure. And uh and uh again they're kind of showcasing themselves but it, it got to the point i know a few years ago and i haven't been involved for the last two or three well we haven't had one for the last yeah. two or three but it got to the point where you know it was almost like training camp and you're up till two or three in the morning watching film and scheming what you'd seen uh what uh, scheming against what you'd seen in Skell and uh, and inside run and uh and all those situations so it, that wasn't the original intent of the game the intent was to to get down there and uh and give the student athletes enough that they can get out and showcase their ability. And uh, yeah, well, both teams are going to want to win. I know. I know Gary's going to want to win. And uh, the East and the West, there there will be. It'll be a competitive game for sure. But we don't want to take it to the point where I mean we're not giving away trophies at the end of this one. We yeah. just uh, we want the kids to go out and uh, have a lot of fun and uh, showcase their ability.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Again, Brian Towers, University of Saskatchewan, 1980 to 2016. And Gary Jeffries from Wilfrid Laurier University, 2002 to 2012. Honorary head coaches, great coordinators uh, that are working underneath each of you. As you mentioned, John Parks is the offensive coordinator from McMaster. He will be there. Brendan Conway is the special teams coordinator at the University of Waterloo. Young guy. Uh, up-and-coming coach who I know follows along with this podcast and some of the things we do at Canadian Football Perspective. Nathan Mullard from the University of Calgary will be the special teams coordinator uh, as well for Team West. And on the East with Gary, it'll be uh, Tom Canisius, uh from St. Mary's, who was very excited on the Zoom earlier this week. He was really digging in and trying to figure out how he could try and uh, challenge, I think, Brendan Conway and some of these guys on Team West. And then uh, Zach Colangelo from Mount Allison, Defensive coordinator will be the DC for the East, and Joe Capyello from University of Toronto, uh, who does recruiting and defensive line coach work as well. Uh, he will be the special teams coordinator for Team East. So, if people would like uh, to check out the full coaching rosters, the full rosters of players that are going to be out there. Heck, if you want to come out to practice. Throughout the week, I believe McMaster is going to have an open door policy. You can check their website to make sure of that to come out and enjoy some of these uh, intense one-on-one drills. Uh, but I, I do love the idea of people getting back into supporting Canadian university football. As you say, it's been a couple of years here, Brian, since we've had this event, and it's it has turned itself into one of the marquee showcases and and I, something that I'm sure resonates with you. But that I always say in my CFL coverage is. When Mike Daly spends 10 years with the Ty Cats and everybody's wearing 35 jerseys in the stands and he's a homegrown kid and they love him and the but they're like, Well, I, I don't know where he came from though. I'm like, he grew up in Kitchener, he played at McMasters down the street, right? It's it's not yeah. that hard, not that hard to find the next generation of these players if you are actually as interested as a lot of Canadian football fans are and this gives an opportunity for people to see the next generation and really just to come out and just celebrate university football, something that we have not done nearly enough of the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, it's a great, uh, a great opportunity to get out there in the spring and people have to realize that, you know, there's probably going to be 20, 20 kids that are participating in this game that will eventually play in the CFL for one of those nine or 10 teams. Yeah. Um, hopefully we will have 10 pretty quick. So it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be some good football. And uh, I know there's a tremendous amount of talent and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it.
0: Are we putting the 10th team out in Atlantic Canada or Saskatoon? Are you breaking news here? What's
1: happening? Well, no, I think that Atlantic Canada, Canada is going to show up pretty quick.
0: <laughs> I mean, having the sellout on the touchdown Atlantic that was just announced is pretty impressive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's great to see. Well, Brian, thank you so much for this. I do appreciate it. And uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on the field down there and uh, do more than blow the whistle to start in the end. I mean, you, come on, you, you got too much knowledge of this thing, man. You can't just stand around and let everybody else do the work. I think you should
1: get in there and get your fingernails dirty again. Oh, I'm sure we'll get excited from time <laughs> to time. And uh, there'll be some things that I like, and uh, there'll be lots of words of encouragement. There may even be one or two things that we don't like. So we'll uh, we'll go and we'll get them coached up. And uh, and I say, I'm really anxious, to look at watching these young guys work and uh, it's gonna be fun.